We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 29th, 2009. And today we're going to be combining a end time current event and health alert study together uh, for the sake of trying to consolidate um, some of the time I've got here. The table of contents for today, I'm just going to go ahead and read the table of contents and then we'll get into these uh, in this order. First thing we're going to be talking about is Iowa and North Carolina reports raise fear of the H1N1 mutations that they've reached the United States. Uh, I'm going to, uh, in light of that, I'm going to be, I have a link in there to my original presentation I did on the avian flu. Uh, and uh, what to expect and how to prepare, because it, it heavily relates to the, the subject of the whole H1N1 pandemic. And then the next thing we're going to be doing is looking at a short video of a church actually administering H1N1 flu shots. And what they're doing is they're targeting blacks, Latinos, pregnant women, and children, as I've said in the past, and this is going to prove it. Uh, we're going to be li- reading some listener feedback. Uh, we're going to be touching on the uh, H1N1 swine flu miscarriage stories pregnant women are having. Uh, and I, I touched on that before, but we're actually going to be reading some of their testimonials. Uh, then how low vitamin D levels are actually linked to a, pro, to a proliferation of H1N1. Now, I understand I've said in the past that H1N1 is, is primarily, most likely going to be caused from the vaccinations. Um, but if you, if you do have low, low D levels, it will contribute to that. And then the next article, the 1980... A 1918, I'm sorry, 1989 article that mentions using a swine flu vaccine to potentially inject microchip implants into the populace. This is from 1989. Next one on how the Hindu sacrifice of 250,000 animals just began. They they've done this recently. They actually sacrificed 250,000 animals at this event they had. And then how North Korean Christians, uh, children are actually dying on the streets there from uh, starvation. Uh, we're going to be looking at that. And then how LED tattoos could actually change the face of humanity, heralding the arrival of the Antichrist. We're going to be looking at a uh, short article on cell phones and wireless hazards, how this is detrimental. And then we're going to be playing a clip from Bob Chapman of the International Forecaster, regarding the financial meltdown, uh, particularly of the dollar, and what, what to expect in the coming year. And then we're going to be looking at Codex Alimentarius. Uh, it's entitled Genocide. will commence on December 31st, 2009. Um, that's a subject that a lot of people have asked me to touch on, and I'm going to talk about that regarding the coming food, uh, food, vitamin, herb regulations that are coming. And then the next article, Climate Gate Spells an End to False Science of Climate Change. And then there's also a, uh, treat, uh, a little um, petition you can sign regarding the Copenhagen Treaty. And then we're going to be reading some of the verses regarding exposing darkness, uh, reproving apostates, contending for the faith, watchmen, Bible verses. We're just going to touch on that. So let's go ahead and get into the first article. North Iowa and North Carolina reports raise fears of H1N1 mutations that they've reached the United States. This is from the source's bird flu pandemic from November 25th. New reports 
from uh, Iowa and North Carolina are raising concerns that the deadly H1N1 swine flu mutations have been confirmed by the World Health Organization in the Ukraine, Norway, and elsewhere, have already reached the United States. In Iowa, the re- a report that doctors are seeing very heavy, wet, hemorrhagic lungs, lungs with a lot of blood in them. That's a quote from their from one of the doctors. I actually heard the quote. I'm not going to play the clip because it's redundant. I mean, that's what he said. So they've got, when these people are dying, they've got very heavy, wet, hemorrhagic, meaning bleeding lungs. Uh, it, this is occurring in H1N1 patients and is creating concerns among healthcare experts that the deadly Ukraine H1N1 has already spread there. Well, again, there was a lot of conjecture on whether that was actually H1N1, whether they're actually properly testing, if it's a something totally different or whether it's an, uh, a, a mutation of H1N1. In other words, I just don't trust their 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 testing methods because they seem to be very hit or miss. Going further, in addition, a report of Tamiflu-resistant H1N1 swine flu in North Carolina is raising questions about the ability of medical authorities to combat H1N1 if thousands of people start dying. Now, I've never been an advocate of Tamiflu. Um, it's totally worthless against H5N1, which was the avian bird flu. It causes uh, hallucinogenic uh, events, uh, can cause seizure activity in small children, and not to say it couldn't happen in adults either, but this is not what I would turn to anyway, but they're actually admitting to Tamiflu-resistant H1N1 now strains, which would imply that, that H1N1 is mutated. If the deadly H1N1 swine flu mutations have already reached the United States, what does it mean? Doctors in the Ukraine have been reporting that victims of H1N1 are experiencing violent hemorrhagic hemorrhaging of their lungs. As the patients are near death, their lungs reportedly become, quote, black as charcoal and literally begin to disintegrate. Uh, I've heard reports that the lung temperatures actually are reaching, like, some unbelievable temperature, and this is what's causing them to... uh... Now, the thing I like about this article is I have had tons of information about the Ukraine come in, about this situation that we're talking about, and this particular article that I'm quoting from here consolidates it all into one, so I don't have to get too lengthy and drawn out. But yeah, these lungs actually end stage are black as charcoal and they begin begin to disintegrate. Uh, the question is posed, will this start happening soon inside the United States? The news report causing the most concern is one about the H1N1 patients in Iowa. Commenting on a dramatic spike in H1N1 deaths in Iowa, Dr. Gregory Schmunk told KCCI News what that what the doctors are seeing is, quote, very heavy, wet hemorrhagic lungs, lungs with a lot of blood in them, end of quote. So, uh, this sounds precisely like what's happening in the Ukraine. Last week, the WHO confirmed that H1N1 mutation had actually been discovered in the Ukraine. This mutation involved a receptor-binding domain change. It is apparently causing H1N1 virus to become much more virulent, meaning it's much more deadly, which is what, you know, all along... We've kind of reported about what we would expect to happen, and this is confirming that. Just like the new report in Iowa, many victims of H1N1 in the Ukraine have been experiencing violent hemorrhaging in the lungs. Temperatures inside the lungs of the patients in the Ukraine have been reported to be 
as high as 135 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, I don't, that doesn't even make sense, but that's what they're saying. So, I've read that on numerous occasions. Now, you can understand how if your lungs were 135 degrees Fahrenheit, how they could potentially turn to be black as coal and disintegrate. It goes on to say, as the patient nears death, the lungs turn to mush and literally become black as charcoal. In fact, one doctor in western Ukraine was quoted as saying the following about what is happening to the lungs of these patients. He said, quote, now this article is heavily referenced with links that are built in that you can click on and it'll take you right to the article where it was said or the video where it was said. And I will have this PDF available um, up on sermonaudio.com forward slash dr. Scott Johnson, Dr. Scott Johnson. And um, you can click on it and research it and forward it to your friends. And you can even forward them the link if you like um, because it'll have all the documentation in there. Uh, let's see here. This quote from this Western Ukraine doctor is, We have carried out post-mortems on two victims and found their lungs are as black as charcoal. They look like they've been burned. It's terrifying. End of quote. If that wasn't bad enough, the WHO has now confirmed that the same H1N1 mutation has shown up in Norway. Norway's Institute of Public Health has released a statement in which they announced that this mutation could possibly cause more severe disease because it is apparently infects tissue deeper in the airway than usual. Not only that, but Hong Kong's Department of Health has confirmed that it has found the same mutation um, in an H1N1 sample that has also been detected in Norway. Hong Kong is on the other side of the world from Ukraine and Norway. So what is going on? No one knows for sure, but the truth is increasing similarities between the H1N1 outbreak and the 1918 Spanish flu outbreak are becoming too striking to ignore. Now, five years ago, or four plus years ago, when I did the, the tour on the avian flu, it was entitled Avian Flu Killer of Millions, this was the very thing that I focused on, was H1N, or, or H5N1, which was the avian bird flu that we heard about. <clears throat> if the H1N1 would somehow find a way to combine with H5N1, you would truly most likely have a very, very deadly, virulent strain on the loose. And now we're seeing all these similarities between the 1918 Spanish flu um, as well. Okay, And we reported heavily on that, that the 1918 Spanish flu was actually caused from the vaccinations. And the doctors were actually honest enough to admit it in their medical reports. But again, this information has been suppressed. But there, if you do some digging, it's very—it's not that hard to find out that this is the case. And during in the PowerPoint presentation, I give you all that information. I have the link to my PowerPoint presentation at the end of this first article. You can go up there and just click in it. You can listen to all 16 parts. It's free. It's up on YouTube. You can go... Uh, Cutting Edge also sells the DVD if you want to check that out. Going further... <clears throat> um, so they're they're looking at let's see there these similarities between the 1918 Spanish flu and the current H1N1. First similarity: both the current outbreak and the 1918 Spanish flu are from the H1N1 family. Secondly, both the current outbreak and the 1918 Spanish flu have the same mutation that is currently being reported in the Ukraine, Norway, Hong Kong. Uh, thirdly, the hemorrhagic deaths that victims are experiencing in the Ukraine closely mirror 
the kind of deaths experienced by the victims of the 1918 Spanish flu. Uh, and then they give you a description you can go to from Wikipedia that describes the deaths from the 1918 Spanish flu. And there's a quote, I believe, from that. One of the most striking of the complications was hemorrhage. This is from 1918. Was the hemorrhage from the mucous membranes, especially from the nose, stomach, and intestines. Bleeding from the ears and particular hemorrhages in the skin also occurred. The major deaths were from bacterial pneumonia and a secondary infection caused by the influenza. But the virus also killed people directly, causing massive hemorrhages and edema in the lungs. So this is incredibly similar to what happened and we are and as we've reported in past they've already resurrected the H3N2 191919 Spanish flu strain that killed at least most likely 50 million people and probably 100 million people worldwide they've already resurrected that in laboratories uh, they went and dug up you know a body of an Inuit Eskimo woman and, and found were able to isolate the 1918 Spanish flu strain. And so we know they've already resurrected it in the laboratories. <laughs> so, uh, again, you're not hearing a lot about this on the news. They have really went out of their way to totally ignore what's going on in the Ukraine and, and in Europe, other parts of Europe. Um, and now this thing with Iowa and uh, North Carolina, these types of things, it's just not being talked about. Evidently, they're just not quite ready to, to implement let's say, the mass panic that would be caused if they did talk about it. And the reasons for that, it's hard to say, but evidently they're not ready to pull the switch. And again, the Lord Jesus Christ is in control. So I'm not saying that, you know, any of this is taking him by surprise. Um, so let's go further. You would think the stunning information would be so important that the mainstream media would be all over it. But sadly, that's not the case. Instead, they seem to be intent on covering the opening of, quote, the New Moon movie and whatever Barack Obama had for breakfast this morning. Now, this New Moon movie, I'm just going to briefly comment on that because I think it's something I should say. I don't have a dedicated article today. Evidently, it's like the most, I don't know, largest grossing whatever film ever you know, it's been released. And it's, it's again, it's the Twilight series. And it's about these stinking vampires. And I saw an interview the other day, and I could not believe it. And I, I, this is so out of control, what's going on with this, particularly with women. Uh, whether they're teenagers, whether they're in their 20s, whether they're middle-aged, or whether they're, some of these women are elderly. They interviewed this one lady, and she was in her house, and, you know house mom, the whole nine yards, and it showed this stack of books she had in her house. And they were all these Twilight trilogy or whatever series that they have. I mean, these things are like, you know, it's like the Encyclopedia Britannica. These things are thick, these books. She had a stack of them that had to be over a foot high. And she's, you know, not only that, the movies, and, and, and basically what it came down to was that she was finally coming out of the closet like a gay would come out of the closet, and proclaiming that she is absolutely addicted to these things, and that she's proud of it, and that it's made her a better person, and that she feels liberated, and that it's helped, how much it's helped her sex life. Yeah, you heard me right. And then they get this expert on there, this guy, some doctor guy, and he's talking about how 
these these books are really wonderful for the sexuality of of women uh, worldwide because what they do is they help. It's it's the whole concept of forbidden love, and how this forbidden love is helping them in in their real life marriages in in then in the bedroom and all of this garbage. We're talking about having sex with somebody that's dead, essentially. Because if if you look at what a vampire is, it's like they're the Walking Dead. Okay. They're glorifying this forbidden love, having sex thing with the Walking Dead, and then how it's helping their marriages. And and, and you know they're, they're, the husbands are so stinking oblivious to anything. They're just basically walk around most of the time gelded, and um, you know they they showed her husband in this particular interview, and you know it's just it's incomprehensible. It really is. And I've done a whole teaching on Twilight. That um, you, you if you can uh, go up to sermon audio, uh, forward slash dr Scott Johnson, and uh, you key in the word twilight or vampire, you'll find it. You'll you'll find the, the teaching on it. Anyway, let's go further with this original article. <clears throat> it says, but not only is this mutation discussed above a tremendous concern, but there are confirmed reports that Tamiflu resistant H one N one is is spreading. Now again, I don't I don't the whole Tamiflu resistant thing, I want to take that stuff, period, but this is what they're reporting. Recently a Tamiflu resistant strain of H1N1 swine flu was reported to have been discovered in Wales. Now a Tamiflu resistant cluster in the H1N1 swine flu has been reported in North Carolina. However, medical authorities don't seem to be overly concerned. Dr. Alicia Fry, epidemiologist for the CDC's flu division, said in a prepared statement that at this time we don't have any information that should raise concerns for the general population. So, but if the best drugs medical authorities have, and again, I, that's not my opinion, that's what he's saying, if these drugs that medical authorities have will soon not work against H1N1, shouldn't the public be concerned? I would never turn to the government or to the modern-day pharmaceutical or medical industry in any way, shape, or form for any kind of remedy to what they've got on the books. And, and if you listen to my other teachings, you'll know... What, why I say that? Uh, and I've done my word. I don't know how many teachings on H1N1 since May. You can key that in as well in the keyword search box on my homepage. Uh, meanwhile, European Center for Disease Control and Prevention has announced that swine flu deaths in Europe are doubling every two weeks. Swine flu deaths in Europe are doubling every two weeks. Perhaps the mainstream media should start paying attention to this. All of this has happened at the time when environmental extremists are pushing the whole overpopulation myth harder than ever before. In fact, the United Nations Population Fund has just released an annual State of the World Population Report in which it openly calls for reducing world population as a way to combat climate change. It's always under the guise of some, you know, usually climate change, because we're, there's too many people in the world, they say. But the reality is, is if the deadly H1N1 mutation were to kill tens of millions, many sick environmental extremists would actually applaud. Absolutely they would. And again, this has been on their agenda for a long, long time. I've read you quotes from some of these people where, one quote where they said if we could find, Bertrand Russell, I believe, if we could find a way to release a black death, um, basically what they said, he said in that quote, is that People could procreate freely without having 
to get worry about the world getting too full because so many people will be dying from the Black Death that you know if they had this cycle where the where Mother Gaia was cleansing itself, then you know we wouldn't have to worry about overpopulation, this type of thing. So going further, uh, increasingly many in the environmental community are viewing humanity itself as a disease that needs to be eradicated for the actual good of Mother Gaia. And then I give you the link to my presentation on um, the avian flu, what to expect, how to prepare. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, you might want to check that out. And then some links to the colloidal silver, the mild silver protein that I recommend regarding this. Now, this next one is a video of a church administering H1N1 shots to blacks, Latinos, and they're also targeting pregnant women and children. So this is from CNN. This isn't something that, you know, is from some fringe source. This is what they're, you know, openly admitting to in public. The first Haitian Baptist church in the heart of Boston feels as if it could just as easily be in the heart of Haiti. The service is in Creole, the signs in French, and the message on this Sunday is universal. The pastor urging everyone to put aside doubts that many Americans have and get their flu shots. A lot of people are skeptical about the flu vaccine. Gurley LaRoche is helping administer vaccines to her congregation as part of an unprecedented program by Boston health officials who discovered what they call an alarming trend. Blacks and Latinos disproportionately affected by the 2009 H1N1 outbreak in the city of Boston last spring. Three quarters of the people who were hospitalized in the city of Boston with flu were blacks and Latinos. Even now, this lady that they're interviewing, she looks like she is a vampire. I mean, she looks like she's walking the Walking Dead. I mean, <laughs> you know, they say that she doesn't look like she has a soul. Oh, she's scary. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that to try to be derogatory. I'm being honest. Uh, but this is the very lady that's that's their mouthpiece for this particular program in Boston. So it would really be of no surprise to me that that would be the case. Notice they're targeting blacks and Latinos. We've reported on that in times past on um, some of the previous studies. And, I, you know, they view the blacks and Latinos regarding the coming New World Order as not as evolved on the evolutionary scale. Okay, It's the same thing that what Hitler did when, uh, and this has a lot to do going, if you look at um, evolution to a certain extent, where they were trying to create this Aryan fifth root race and the whole, the whole Superman thing. Well, blacks and Latinos are, from New World Order standards, from the, and I'm not saying this is what I think, I'm saying this is what they believe, they're considered undesirable. So they need to be eliminated. And also, the other groups they're targeting are children and pregnant women. And why is that? Because that's the next generation. So this is all by design, and I don't buy in for one second any of their propaganda here. And now you have actually pastors behind the pulpit, you know, who, again, the shepherds, who are literally leading the sheep to slaughter and working with the government hand-in-hand, and they've already yoked up with the government with their 501c3 corporate status. This is just further proof of that. We've also got a lot of evidence that the 501c3 church is yoked up with Homeland Security and FEMA. And I've done several studies on this. It's not something I'm making up. It's a fact. And this is just further confirmation of this whole draconian scenario. 
though they make up less than 50% of the population. In Boston, health officials say underlying medical conditions like asthma and diabetes may be one factor, but there are other... Now, they just showed a billboard, uh, this big billboard they had in this... um, uh, It was like a minority section of town, evidently, and it said, got a pulse, get a flu shot. So, in other words, anybody that has a pulse, it's just a foregone conclusion. You just better get it. And... um, Again, I believe it's because this is one of the main areas they're trying to take out. Reasons as well. There's also the issue of money. Parents can't afford to stay home and take care of a sick child. That means the child goes to school, and the parent who may also be infected goes to work. Nationwide, the CDC found 50% of H1N1 deaths from April to August were among black and Latino children. Still, Boston is one of the only cities tracking swine flu by race. Officials there now classify minorities as high risk, along with all pregnant women and children. Do you think Boston would have a higher mortality rate? So, in- so they just confirmed it. Blacks, Latinos, all pregnant women and children. Exactly what we've been talking about. And here they're going to interview another lady that, you know, these people look like they, they just, they're dead. They look like they're dead inside. I'm sorry, but the, I mean, and, and again, if you're if you're doing something like this, it's so satanic, it's so evil, it's so draconian. It's no wonder they look this way. Even when they try to do their interviews, you could just you can just tell. Minority community were not for this anticipated H1N1 vaccination program. Absolutely, absolutely. Dr. Anita Barry and her team of epidemiologists discovered the trend. And nurses like Cindy Theodore targeted churches, tapping into the persuasive powers of pastors to get the word out. They're in church every week, so that's one way to get to talk to these people and offer them the help. Boston hopes to vaccinate roughly 300,000 people in the high-risk category. The CDC recently announced an estimated 540 children have died from H1N1 since the pandemic started in April. Deborah Thayerick, CNN, New York. Okay, so now you might say, well, why aren't they all dropping dead? Okay, well, the reason they're not all dropping dead is because if they had got the flu shot and they all dropped dead, it'd be pretty obvious what's going on. What they're going to do is by seeding these hundreds of thousands and millions of people with the flu vaccines and with the live uh, attenuated version in the... uh, the nasal spray, is they're actually seeding the population with the H1N1 virus. When the mutation then, whenever they want to release the mutation, and it's proven fact that in the Ukraine they saw low-flying planes before they had their recent outbreak, that where we start to get in this hemorrhagic black charcoal lungs, they saw low-flying planes over the, the city of, it's spelled L-V-I-V, um, and then all of a sudden, the next day, these cases started exploding, and, you know, they've got over a million confirmed cases there now. They could use the chemtrails with some kind of binary agent in order to actually activate what's already in the person that's got the shot. That's the whole point of this. Okay? They're not going to just give somebody a flu shot, everybody's going to start dropping dead, which is pretty much what happened in 1918, but they've refined things since then. They can't make things um, quite that obvious. In today's day and age, there's too much. There's too many um, media outlets, alternative media outlets. So they've got to try to be a little bit more subtle about things. So let's go further. 
Um, here's some listener feedback. This is from uh, my sheriff. I emailed him this story, uh, the, the email regarding the miscarriage epidemic. These women are, are and we're going to talk about that briefly in a, in a second. Uh, but I emailed him that information, how these women are miscarrying like crazy that are getting the H1N1 swine flu shot. And he emailed me back and told me about, in Collier County near where I live, that they had just given like the wrong vaccine to like 80 kids that day. And he said, I probably already know about it. Well, I emailed him back and I said, thank you, I did not know this. Um, I said, I also had a patient call me tonight, and this is me talking. I had a patient call me tonight and told me that at his son's middle school in Collier County, also Collier County, Gulf Middle School, Gulf View Middle School, there were military personnel, he did not know what branch, on site escorting the children from and back to their classrooms to get their H1N1 flu shot yesterday, 11-12-09. I talked with him for about 20 minutes. These students whose parents, these were students whose parents had signed informed consent forms, but this is an unbelievable precedent. So, um, that happened the same exact day. We got actually military on site at the schools. Now, I'm not saying every school has this. I think they try to do it to see if there'll be a public outcry. And uh, I know the man I talked to said he was going back to the school the next day with his with his son, and he would be screaming bloody murder if they were on site again. And I, I believe he'd do it too. So um, they they do this to see how much they can get away with, essentially. Military on site for flu shot vaccines. This is what it's come to. Now let's go further. This is an email from a listener. Her name's Carrie. She says, Dr. Johnson, my mother Alice has been in a nursing home. Her visiting nurse called me on Thursday to inform me my mom did not have long to live. After I called one of my sisters, she informed me that my mom was given a flu shot last week and was surprised that she would now have an upper respiratory infection. Wow, imagine that. After calling her nurse back, she confirmed the shot was given by the nursing home. She believed the shot did have something to do with the infection. My mom was in a nursing home for dementia and typically in general was physically healthy, very healthy. She died Friday morning. My heart is so broken. The shot was last week, dead one week later. One more for your stats. Grieving for my mom, Karen S. So pray for her. Please pray for her. And um, this is... I have had many people email me, and I've heard this, that in the nursing homes, what they refer to the flu shot as is, quote, the old people killer. That's what they refer to it as. Okay? But again, nothing on the news, nothing, no. Just get your flu shot. It's, it's, it's your only protection, as though your God-given immune system is too stupid to figure things out. That's what they're saying, essentially. So, that's a report from Carrie. Here's, here's the, I'm just going to read you a little bit from the, um, uh, regarding the uh, shocking H1N1 swine flu vaccine miscarriage stories from pregnant women. U.S. health authorities have made pregnant women one of the highest priority groups for getting H1N1 swine flu vaccine, but is it actually safe for pregnant women and their babies? Well, the truth is that miscarriage reports for pregnant women who have taken the H1N1 swine flu vaccine are starting to pour in from all over the nation. Vaccines and pregnancy simply do not mix safely. In fact, the package inserts for swine flu vaccines actually say that the safety of these vaccines for pregnant women has not been established. But see, you don't ever see the inserts if you get it. What, And there's not a lot that is said on the inserts anyway. 
what you're about to read should shock you and anger you. If they're telling us that swine flu vaccine is not safe for children under six years of age, then why would it be safe for pregnant women and babies? That doesn't make one ounce of sense. The following is from an H1N1, the following H1N1 swine flu uh, vaccine miscarriage horror stories from a June 2010 birth club. Okay, so these are women, I believe, that were scheduled to give birth in June of 2010. They have these birth club things. I didn't really know about them, but they're up in the internet. Now, this link, the original link, doesn't work. I actually clicked into it before they took it down. Obviously, Big Brother came in and made sure that that link did not work anymore. But there's enough other sources that have uh, um, captured the mirror image off the internet that you can find it easily. And, and I give you a link here to actually go um, to this article so you can read them all. Because I'm only going to read you three for time's sake, but there's... There's a laundry list of these. It's unbelievable. This is a, from it's by the handle of E.B. Washington. She says, I'm so upset. I was so excited to be pregnant after trying for a year. As soon as I found out I was pregnant, I joined this birth club, Because I, as I was due on June 25th. We have two healthy boys with no history of miscarriage. Everything was going great. Last Monday, I got the H1N1 vaccine. Thermarazole reduced. Thermarazole meaning mercury. Thermarazole reduced mercury for pregnant women. Like they need to have a poison like mercury in any kind of flu shot. On Tuesday morning I started cramping and on Wednesday I started bleeding heavily. My HCG was 50 on Wednesday. HCG stands for human chorionic gonadotrophin. Okay, it's a, it's a hormonal uh, indicator in pregnancy. My HCG was 50 on Wednesday and I was almost six weeks along as it, um, so it was low. They still thought that I might be pregnant, but on Friday my HCG was down to 22. I am, in other words, evidently she, it's it's over. The, the baby's uh, been miscarried. I am an emotional wreck. I feel like a healthy baby, and I, I feel like I had a healthy baby, and I caused this by getting the H1N1 vaccine. My doctors pushed it. I researched it online, and there have been many miscarriages after the H1N1 vaccine, but they haven't been reported since it's hard to say what caused the miscarriages. I don't. It's not hard to say. It's obvious what's causing it. This is from Taylor of 08. I don't have an answer for you, but a friend of a friend just had a miscarriage two to three days after getting the shot. She was seven weeks along. She had no previous history of miscarriage. There haven't been any studies done on pregnant women. I will tell you that it has made up my mind on getting it. I won't, and I'm not going to get it for my daughter either. Here's another lady. She says, my heart goes out to you, as I recently miscarried as well and was due in June. I had a healthy heartbeat at six weeks. Then at 7.5 weeks, my son... Now, this is interesting. My son got the H1N1 flu mist, which is the one where they spray up the nose with the live virus, H1N1 virus. My son got the H1N1 flu vaccine with the live vaccine in it. The nurse said to be careful because it could technically spread if he rubbed his nose and touched... Oh, that's Isn't that... Doesn't that make sense? I mean, get the live virus sprayed up your nose. Be careful. You might spread it. Oh, what would happen if he sneezed? And he was in the room with a lot of people. It would spread, which is exactly what they want. They want to seed the population with this thing. And then whatever they're going to try to implement later will work much more effectively. So the nurse said this, that it could spread if he rubbed his nose, touched the surface, etc. The next night, I miscarried. And five days later, guess what? I was diagnosed with H1N1. She didn't even get the flu shot. 
or, or the nasal vaccine. She says, I work from home, kids are home, hadn't been anywhere during that time. So the chances are that it's related to the H1N1 is very high. The flu mask vaccine warns for immunocompromised patients, which includes pregnant women, to stay away from recipients of the flu mask for 21 days. 21 days? How could anybody stay away from somebody? I mean, you're going to interact with people in public. If you're in a grocery store or anywhere else, there's no way that, that can be done. I mean, unless you just barricade yourself in a room somewhere. This is insanity. Absolute satanic insanity. But this is the day and this is the world we live in. This is from um, Lanny and Susan uh, listeners. God bless them. It says, Brother Scott, I just read this today in 2 Samuel chapter 12. He said, and he said, while the child was yet alive, this is David talking, I fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that my child may live? This was the child that he had with Bathsheba, okay, which God was not going to bless because of the way it happened. David goes on to say, but now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Then he goes on to say, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. In other words, David is going to see his child in heaven. The unborn child in heaven. But the child can't come back in this life. So it's a comforting verse regarding babies. And then he goes on to say, I read this email you sent today regarding this, these miscarriages that we just talked about. My heart is sore burdened and my prayers are turning to groaning. I beseech you, therefore, please ask everyone to pray for these precious little ones, these precious ones who lost their babies that may... Uh, that that they would be saved and some and someday go to see their children forever. A- Amen. Praise the Lord. That is an awesome thing to do. And, and this would also apply to all these women that get these abortions because uh, it's really I understand it's a different scenario, but the same result essentially. Um, then he goes on to say, if they're saved, may the mercy of God rest upon them in Jesus' name, Lanny. Well, Amen. I, I absolutely concur and agree with that. Um, that this is something that be praying for these women and these people. And see, again, this is why I say in Galatians 4.16, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Do you love somebody enough to tell them the truth? Because this is genocide, okay? And if we sit silent about this, knowing better, and babies are dying, and people are getting sick, and, and who knows what they've got planned in the future... You know, we need to speak up about these things. This isn't something that we should just be, you know, being silent about because there's literally lives at stake here. The next article, low vitamin D levels linked to proliferation of H1N1. This is from Prevent Disease, that's the source, from November 16th. According to a recent study, as many as 77% of, of all Americans may be deficient in vitamin essential for bone health, it's a lot, essential for a lot more than bone health, but immune system health as well, which may prevent H1N1 swine flu and seasonal flu, wheezing, winter-type-related eczema, upper respiratory infections, and may also help prevent cancer, autoimmune diseases, such as multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes, certain infections, and actually type 2 diabetes as well, certain infections, myocardial infarctions, heart attacks, and many other serious diseases. Yes, this is all the things that vitamin D3 is actually indicated for. Uh, and you can actually get your levels checked. If you go to, um, if you could get your doctor to write you out a prescription 
a lab, a lab uh, prescription. They can actually do a blood draw and determine if you're low in D3, which I, I recommend. I mean, it's, it's something that's good to know. This goes on to say, when subgroups of the population are considered, depending on many of the new, many of the reasonable definitions of what a deficiency are accepted, the picture is even more ominous. For example, an important new study in the Children's Hospital in Boston found that as many as 80% of Hispanic children and 92% of black children are deficient in D3. Well, that would also correspond with what we just saw in that video. That they, let's say they're coming from an immunocompromised situation. Yes, this would be the excuse they would use to give them the flu shot, okay? Or could be. I'm not saying they're going to use that. But they're saying 80% of Hispanic and 92% of black children. I think that also fits into their draconian plans to eliminate those populations. It goes on to say, we're talking about vitamin D, also called the sunshine vitamin and often considered the nutrient of the year, if not the decade. Why? In the land of plenty and now also in the land of overconsumption, obesity, and being overweight, can there be an epidemic of vitamin D or any other nutrient? The reasons may not be fully understood. Well, I can tell you the reasons. I mean, the reasons are is that we eat very calorie-dense food, which is very nutrient-deficient. And if we do get any nutrients in most of the foods that we're eating, it's fortified, meaning they fortify the bread, they fortify the flours, they fortify all this stuff with these synthetic garbage vitamins that cannot promote and give life, okay? They can't do it. Uh, it, it, The vitamins, the way that they occur in nature, like in an orange or or in a plant or an herb or these types of things, that's the way God intended us for us to get vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients and cofactors and things of this nature. The way that man does it is like, let's say, white bread, for instance. They take flour, which actually wheat whole grain uh, organic wheat flour processed in the right way is actually very beneficial. But the problem is is they remove everything good from it. They remove the germ, the B vitamins, um, the uh, everything that's good in it, the trace minerals, they remove it. And basically what you have at the end, is, particularly if they bleach it, is a dead substance. And then what they do in their infinite wisdom is they fortify it with vitamins and minerals that are synthetic and inorganic, meaning your body cannot break them down. An example of an inorganic vitamin would be something like calcium carbonate, which is oyster shell calcium, which is what's like in Tums and most of the calciums you get in the stores. Your body can't break it down. Well, what do you mean? Well, try to go and eat some oyster shells and tell me how well that works out for you. Because you can't break it down. Uh, But that's what they do. That's... Why? Because it's cheap and because they also know ultimately this will be, you know, one one other way that they can create a weakened, sickened population. So, like Wonder Bread, rots bodies in 12 different ways should be their motto. They, they have this white uh, flour, bleached flour, and then they fortify it back in with... I mean, it's really, really um, sickening what they do to the food. And this is one of the reasons why people in America and or other parts of the world are deficient in things. I mean, obviously, in a lot of other parts of the world, they're not even getting enough food to eat. But anyway, let's go further with this article. It says, the reasons may not be fully understood. Over time, we've obtained most of our vitamin D from the sun. Again, that is one vitamin you can actually obtain by getting sunlight exposure on your skin. When the ultraviolet B rays hit the skin, they cause the formation of vitamin D. But see, B-rays have been demonized. 
You know why? Because they say the B rays are the burning rays. B for burning. And they're terrible. I wonder if that has anything to do with their population reduction agenda. So nobody gets vitamin D. And everybody's afraid of the sun. But in the age of sunscreens and well-placed fear of skin cancer, we tend to either stay out of the sun or use a sunscreen to shield us from its rays. Sunscreens are horrific. Okay, Not only are there a lot of cancer-causing chemicals in there, but it doesn't allow any of the B-rays to get to the skin most of the time. Thus, you're going to shut down your production of vitamin D. Now, so, again, you could do a whole study on sunscreens. Okay, And I'm not saying there's not a time where if you went out and got a good organic sunscreen, if you knew you were going to get exposure and you didn't want to get burnt, that that wouldn't be appropriate to do. But, um, actually, sunlight on our skin is how we primarily make D. And if you're lathering yourself up with sunscreens and covering your body head to toe, and you're not getting any of that. And again, this is something, I'm not saying go out to the beach either and walk around half naked. I'm talking about even sunlight exposure on your arms. You know, this type of thing. Uh, if you can get it, um, get that, you know, it can be beneficial. Uh, so let's go further. So even if you stayed in the sun... All day, in some locations, you would not get enough vitamin D. For example, north of Philadelphia, between November and March, the sun rays are not strong enough to precipitate the formation of vitamin D in the skin. And during early morning and late afternoon, the sun rays are not strong enough to generate vitamin D either. That's a big part of the picture, as the authorities find that exposure to the sun is the main determinant of vitamin D in humans. This leads us to the next source of vitamin D, our food. Some dairy products, such as milk, are fortified with D. But we tend to avoid dairy products due to their cholesterol-saturated fat. Again, I don't buy into that. The the whole thing with dairy is they superheat it, pasteurize it, which kills all the enzymatic activity. It it denatures the protein. It, It messes up the vitamins, which are very delicate. It messes up the trace minerals. And then many times they homogenize it, which they whip fat back into it. And the D, by pasteurizing it, what they can do is they can make extremely dirty milk and get away with it. Why would you say that? Because um, when you pasteurize something, even if it has dead parasite carcasses and all kind of bacteria and viruses in it, as long as you pasteurize it, you're killing it, but those dead things are still in the milk. So the milk that we tend to get in the supermarket today is very dirty. It's been fortified with these synthetic vitamins. It's been pasteurized, meaning everything good that's been killed. And many times it's been homogenized, which was where they whipped fat back into it. It's, if you try to feed pasteurized milk to a calf, it'll kill it. It's a, it's a proven fact. You can't do it. Why? Because the calf was meant to get raw milk from its mother. Because raw milk has all of these natural things that are still in it. And yes, it does have some naturally occurring bacteria. But if the milk's been milked properly, and the cow's been cleaned properly prior to milking its udders, then you're not going to get all that garbage. And actually, raw milk is very good, but it's been mostly outlawed in America. Uh, raw milk is one of the best things you can put in your body. It really is. And uh, But again, it's very hard to get, unless you have your own cow, or unless you live in favorable areas to that. In Florida... The only way we can get it is if they sell it under the guise of veterinary use. That's the only way you can get it. And I do, there was one health food store, they went out of business, but they actually were selling it for, um, and actually, if you get raw milk, most of the time, it is incredibly more cleaner than the milk you're going to get in a a, uh, store, 
because they don't pasteurize it, so they have to go out of their way to be clean when handling. And if they don't, they're going to get shut down. So, just a little primer there on on milk. Um, Weston Price has done a lot of good research on raw milk. If you look up Western Weston W E S T I N Price or raw milk uh, benefits attributes, you do keyword searches on the internet. You'll you'll find that information. It's 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 amazing. So let's go further here. Um, other sources of vitamin D are fatty fish such as salmon, and I'm really referring to vitamin D3, which is the activated form of D3 of D in the body. Such uh, sources as fatty fish such as salmon, tuna, mackerel, herring. Now these are good fats. Okay, there's bad fats and there's good fat. Saturated fats have been totally demonized. That's a bunch of garbage too. Okay, the bad kinds of fats tend to be the um, particularly the worst kinds are the trans fatty acids which have been modified, and um, really uh, many of the trans fatty acids are essentially one molecule away from being a hard plastic, like margarine. Margarine is one of the worst things you can put in your body, ever. Okay, It, it is absolutely, totally unnatural. Butter is incredibly better uh, as far as that goes, but I would only advise eating organic, and the best kind would be raw organic, but I know it's hard to get, but I'm just telling you in best case scenario here. Uh, saturated fats have been totally demonized, I've done a whole study on on this subject uh, that I haven't really put online, but quotes and quotes and quotes from sources saying that saturated fat is not, it should not be demonized like it's been. But when you fry a food, you create a lot of um, trans fats. When you hydrogenate a fat, and that's what I meant to say, hydrogenated fat is, is particularly one molecule away from being a hard plastic. Trans fats are created when you fry them in high temperatures, when you constantly reuse grease over and over, the more you, more, the more you reuse the grease, the more trans fats. Trans fats are cancer-causing. They plaque up the arteries. They're terrible. Okay, so, again, I, it's hard for me not to mention these things as we're going along because this article is not written from a perspective where they're aware of some of this stuff. Then he goes on to say... Uh, Still, other sources are fortified. Cereal and other foods such as orange juice are often fortified with vitamin D and calcium. Don't 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 buy orange juice that's fortified with D and calcium. It's cheap synthetic garbage, and it doesn't naturally occur in that plant. Typically, I mean, you're going to get C in in orange juice, but typically you're not going to get a lot of D or calcium. It's just not natural. But most people don't eat enough of these foods to get enough D, so that leaves supplementation with multivitamins that include D, combination calcium, vitamin D food pills, and D. And again, I'm going to tell you what I recommend. It's actually a food source, D3. There's only one company that I know of that actually makes it. There is another reason for the epidemic. The D of the over, the, uh, the epidemic of overweight and obese people who cannot process vitamin D efficiently and are subsequently more likely to be D deficient. One final reason for identifying the epidemic is better testing methods for D. There is a simple blood test now that can be used to determine your D, I think it's D3 status. Another reason for the D epidemic is the aging of the population. Older populations, even middle-aged people, are more likely to be D deficient. There are other risk factors for D3 deficiency. Um, Consumer reports have cataloged the following risks. Dark-skinned, middle-aged, overweight, having a history of gastric bypass which is one of the most insane surgeries you could ever get. 
They essentially say, you know what, your stomach's stupid, it's dumb. Let's just, like, get rid of it. And you don't really have much of a stomach anymore. As a result, you will never digest protein, iron, zinc, uh, parasite carcasses properly ever again. Or calcium. You have to have an acid gut to digest those things. God gave you a stomach that operates at a pH of 1.5 to 2.5 for a reason. Yes, that pH is enough to dissolve nails over time. Or, or it wouldn't take that long, actually. Probably a day or two. At that pH. Your stomach was designed to operate that way. When you eat a salad that has little parasite eggs on it, it goes through the stomach, and the parasite carcasses and eggs are digested when it goes through the acid bath. If you create a stomach that has no acid, then you can't digest parasites. You're open up to infestation there in the intestinal tract. can't digest calcium. Well, that's kind of important for bones and a lot of other things that go on in the body, the immune system included. can't process iron properly. That has a lot to do with blood and energy production, a lot of other things. Uh, you can't digest protein, which is the building block of muscle and many other things in the body. Gastric bypass surgery is insane. Okay, uh, I've talked to many people that have had it. I've known them, and they're usually much more of a wreck afterwards as a result of having it. It's just, you know, it's crazy. And again, a lot of this, I believe, is because there's a lot of foods that are introduced that people eat that are that will make you fat no matter what. A lot of things that we do shut down the thyroid gland as well, which has a lot to do with metabolism. Um, you could go on and on and on with all the reasons for it. So that's another thing that sets you up for D deficiency. Uh, then celiac disease, having a history of kidney or liver disease, multiple sclerosis, osteoporosis, thyroid problems, taking medications that also reduce blood levels of D. Now, the D3 that I have found that comes from an, an innate response formulas is um, it's crafted from 100% whole food. The vitamins and minerals in each formula are not in an isolated state, but rather exist in a biodynamic, true active food state vitamin. It's a whole food com concentrate is what it is. Uh, and I give you the description here. I do have my special still running. The reason I started this on the D is because you can't order their high-potency D off the Internet. You can only order like the 400 international units. The studies that I've seen say that if you're going to start out, you should be taking at least 5,000 IUs a day. And if you've gotten your, your levels checked, then you can go get them rechecked. But some people, I've heard reports of some people taking much, much higher dosages to get their D levels um, up to where they should be, because this does have a lot to do with your immune system, okay? Just like vitamin C does, and again, 99% of what you're going to buy in a health food store or at a drug store, or whatever, is going to be a um, it's going to be a uh, synthetic ascorbic acid, vitamin C. It's not vitamin C, no matter if they call it that or if they don't. Does it make it vitamin C? Vitamin C is a complex. It's a molecule complex, and there's a lot of things that actually go into that. Um, food complex, and they actually sell a, um, a food state vitamin C as well. I haven't really advertised that, uh, but you might be able to find it on the internet. It's Right Foods. They actually have the food state, um, but if you want to know more about that, you can email me as well. My email, um, just so you know, is drjohnson at 
the letter I, the letter X, dot netcom, N-E-T-C-O-M. And I provide it on all the newsletters I put out, too. So I do have the D3 and the Milesilver Protein Special. It's still running. Um, just so you know, the special, I'm going to list, I'm not going to go through the special. I'm going to list it up here. If you want to know more about it, you can go to the Word document. And uh, this isn't available off my off my silver website. It's only available through me directly. So let's go further. This is a 1989 article that mentions using a swine flu vaccine to inject microchip implants. The following article appeared on page 444 of William Cooper's infamous Behold a Pale Horse book. It was originally published in August 1st. 1989 edition of The Sun, and I give you a link to go to a thing where you can look at a blow-up of this. You'll actually, the picture did not transfer into Word properly. I put it into Word and then I convert them into PDF files. It didn't transfer into that properly, so you can go up and click on the link to see it, the actual uh, article itself from 1989. Below is a word-for-word news article from The Sun. Keep in mind that when you read this, and remember it was published in 1989, 20 years ago, okay, and it even mentions the swine flu vaccine as a means of delivering an RFID device, radio frequency identifier. This article is entitled, Revealed, Secret Plan to Tag Every Man, Woman, and Child by Joe Frick. Um, Coded microchips implanted in every person in the country would tie us all together to a master computer that could track anyone down at any moment. And plans for such a system are already underway, whether you like it or not. The secret scheme is being touted as a service for the protection of the people by high government officials, but some insiders who object to the move say it's just another way for Big Brother to control its subjects. Uh, This is a quote from Davis Millerand, the who is a critic of government intervention, who says he has received this leak information from inside sources. He says, top-level national security agents are trying to convince sources in the Bush administration to begin to protect, to begin the project in which every man, woman, and child will be implemented, implanted with a tiny transmitter. They are trying to say this will be a good way for authorities to quickly track down missing people and or children, criminals and spies. But with the astounding technology of today, everything about you could be contained in one tiny microchip, which would be connected to a government computer. Any government agency will know what a person has done and is doing at any time. Other sources say the tiny transmitters can be injected painlessly from a tiny gun in humans without them even knowing it through a nationwide vaccination program. Imagine that. Without them even knowing that, it sounds like they don't even have informed consent then. They're, they're getting injected without informed consent. What's the best way to do that? Obviously, through a nationwide vaccination program. Now, I've talked about this extensively. Previous studies I've done on the swine flu thing. That doctor over in Germany that had reported that they had inside sources saying that um, at the tip of the needle... Now, granted, I'm not saying all swine flus are this way, and I can't verify this, but at the tip of the needle, it would be very easy to insert a microchip at the end stage of quality control, and these things can be so tiny you can't even see them, some of these things. Uh, They can be put there, and that could be a way to, you know, inject and to uh, implement this in the whole population. 
Milrand says all the government would have to do is make up something like a swine flu vaccine. That's what he said. This was 1989. He goes on to say, quote, Imagine if they said there was a vaccine for AIDS. People would rush in droves to get shots. The doctors themselves may not even know what they're injecting. They could be told the microchips are genetic implants that reprogram the body into fighting disease. Well, as I've said before, Hitachi's already got microchips that's considered microchip dust. Now, I'm not saying this would be enough to have an RFID transmitter. But still, even if, they, if this was their first stage, to just have the microchip dust in the vaccines, and this dust goes to all parts of your body, my word, not a good scenario. He, goes, he adds, the program would require federal and state and local government workers to undergo the injections. It would only be a matter of time before everyone is implanted with a microchip, a slave to the government. It's absolutely mind-blowing to me to think about how, with each day that passes, we seem to discover more and more indisputable evidence that our initial suspicions, as well as our current assumptions given the facts, have all been spot on. And this was in 1989. And again, I know I've said that very similar statement. You know, how indisputable evidence, confirming our initial suspicions. It seems to be, you know, that's the way it is. It should also prove beyond a shadow of a doubt just how close we are to the coming mark of the beast system. Again, this was in 1989. The tribulation and the great tribulation. Just as we concluded in this morning's other entry, uh, what's in a name, which is a little link you can click on, about IBM the Nazi Holocaust Verichip Mark of the Beast Connections. And that's another little article you can click on that ties IBM into all of that. And this was actually put out by lookupfellowship.com, www.lookupfellowship.com. they got some really good articles. I just can't keep up with all the stuff he's got up there. But an uh, excellent, excellent source for news. Christian-based, end-time, current event-related stuff. It's really good. Okay, let's see here. Let's uh, let's go. Tell you what. Let's go ahead and stop here for part one. Let's go ahead and go to part two next. God bless you.